Here, here we, we go, 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 go again, and for the last time in 2023, oh yeah, what is up everybody, and welcome back to the final episode of the Neon Belly Podcast for the year of 2023, we are your hosts, Nate, season finale, John, and Brandon, and boys, today we are going to recap UFC 296 and still times two and great performances, honestly, by both champions. Uh, we'll also work our way down the card and discuss Shavkat, Patty, Josh Emmett, and a whole lot more. And finally, all the news and happenings in and around the world of mixed martial arts and more. But first, boys, how are we doing? Episode 163 of the Neon Belly Podcast or as some people are calling it, uh, the tallest building in the world episode of the Neon Belly podcast, uh, because apparently the Burj Khalifa in Dubai is the tallest, which is the tallest building in the world, mm-hmm. is precisely 163 floors. Uh, but that is neither here nor there. Either way, just glad you're listening. How are we doing, boys? Doing good. It was a long night, uh, last one of the year, so we just have to keep the energy up, give people what they want. You yeah. know, oh, go ahead. Okay, so we're, let me, I just I just pick something up, and I and I because every week I mean to say something to John, and I never do, and I just forget it because it's like one of those things that happens, and then you say it. 163 episodes. I guarantee about 145 of those episodes, John. If you go back and listen, as soon as I I give a countdown, three, two, one, and I hit our music, mm-hmm. and every time you get out of John, <laughs> like ne- yeah. never freaking fails. <laughs> go back and listen to our intros. If you hear somebody clearing their nose after I hit record, it's John. Well, to be fair, sometimes just be sitting there and be like three, two, one, and you'll hit the button. And I'm just like, oh, gosh. I mean, you could like push the mic away and John just always like, <laughs> like, it's like an Easter egg, dude. If you don't, it's like the little Wayne lighter flick. If you don't hear it, you don't know if it's going to be a fire. We need episode. to make uh, yeah, we need to make like some reels where it's like, uh, five things you didn't know about the neon, five yeah. neon belly Easter eggs. <laughs> It's there, dude. Number one, John clearing his nose. You Did you know? Do a clip or like a compilation of him doing it. I, dude, episode. that's a great idea. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. What if I can get it lined up to do like Jingle Bells, like, 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 ching, yeah. ching, ching. Like, I and, I, and I guarantee I could have like probably every episode. There's one. Like, There's plenty of the pull. Yeah, from. it's either a sneeze or it's a. <laughs> like I, I pick them up every week and it just like, and then I'm always like, I need to say t- something to them and just never do. But I guess at this point, uh, we've made note of it. So you may as well mm. just keep it up. Be on the lookout <laughs> in 2024. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh boys. Uh, before we get to the fights, bit of a quick turnaround. We got to get out of here. We're on a timeline or a time time clock, I guess you mm-hmm. could say, uh, because we have our Gaha Christmas party and then Brandon's doing whatever Brandon does on Sundays, <laughs> which I have no idea. Probably involves chess, if I'm going to guess. Uh, but real quick, a quick announcement about the end of the year here. As we said, you know, final episode of 2023, um, an announcement on what we're going to do as far as our year-end awards. Um, so we decided to take next week off. Obviously, we upload on Mondays, and with Christmas being next Monday, plus a lot of people are just off work that week, spending mm-hmm. time with family. Um, we just saw it as there's not much of a point in putting up an episode. Um, plus it gives us kind of a week to decompress, spend time with our families as well. And if we're being honest, usually those episodes, like we've always uploaded this time or, you know, around that week of Christmas, they never do well anyways. Mm -hmm. And and I get it. Like people just aren't in their car going to work, different thing. I mean, some people are. So if you are one of those people (laughs) that rely on this podcast, I'm sorry, but we go back and count the. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, go back and count John's <laughs> big snorts. Um, but then the next Monday, uh, which is New Year's Day, so again, no episode for the holiday, but we would never take two weeks off. Uh, so that next day, Tuesday, January 2nd, we, we will be our next upload, um, and it will be our year-end awards. So mm-hmm. kind of kicking off the year with this year's year-end awards. And we need some time to go through these nominees Yeah, yeah, this lots, is a crazy year in fights. Absolutely, a lot to go through there. Um, so yeah, just to be clear, no episode next week, uh, but then we are back that following week, just on Tuesday for one week only January 2nd with our year end award show. Um, and for one last time in 2023, Brandon rate sub follow, let the people know what we ask them to do each and every week. Rate sub follow. So again, we're just trying to grow this podcast. This is year three. This is the third year, right? So going into the fourth year. So again, just all the support we ask for you guys, you can follow us on our socials. We're on Instagram, TikTok. X, um, you can get us on YouTube. X, go and, give it to you. Uh, yeah, you can also hear us through a few different platforms, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, and you mm-hmm. can give us written reviews and uh, five stars on there. It's really helpful. Put us in the algorithm. Continue to just give us some opportunity to be seen and heard by everybody and just continue to grow. That's the goal. Absolutely. Year three, some would say rounding third base, which brings me to my first question of this podcast. Brandon, what is your best third base experience? Third base experience? Yeah. Probably when I was playing t-ball as a kid. Yeah. I made it third base for the first time. That's what I'd say. All right. John, any third base songs, tracks that were your favorite? Uh, yeah, probably like um, MC Search featuring so-and-so. Very few times have we got John like a little rattled and not not short of something to say. <laughs> I was trying to decide if I wanted to go baseball or music, so I got in a... Well, at least you had to follow me because I was yeah. like, okay, let's see where oh, we're going to spin yeah. Let's go, baby. I'm ready for next year. We got a lot coming. Senior year, baby. Senior year. Boys, let's get into it. UFC 296 from this past Saturday. Holy cow, hold that <laughs> thought because Nate did not get the soundboard ready. John, this would be a great time uh, for you to sneeze, sniffle, and or tell us your favorite third base song uh, because Nate fumbled the bag there a bit. Uh, I think the reason I kind of shook like that because I was like, third base. I know third base. I just can't think of the song like people relate to. The I, one that they have. I just know that's MC Search, correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah I, I do remember that. So. In our main event, boys. <laughs> Better turn it up. Why isn't it connecting? <laughs> this last last you, one. You would not tell that we have done this 163 <laughs> times. Uh, but if you can't tell, a bit checked out here yeah. at the end of the year. Let's get to it, boys. UFC 296, our main event. <laughs> Leon Rocky Edwards defeats Colby Covington via unanimous decision. Uh, make it 13 fights straight, unbeaten for Leon Rocky Edwards. And boys, uh, as mentioned, we are going to have our year-end awards show here in about two weeks. Uh, but I think my male fighter of the year is pretty much locked up here. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, we can debate it. We mm-hmm. will debate it. Remember, we only right. pick one. Um, so it is still up for debate. Not saying that's who it's going to be. But if you want my pick right mm-hmm. now, it's right here. <laughs> uh, what just an absolute dominant performance here by Leon. You know, we've never seen Colby forced to fight like this. And I will, I will say, I will buy into the ring rust aspect. In terms of the slow start for Colby, a bit. 
I will mm-hmm. buy into that. Uh, but as we discussed last night, you know, I think Leon just deserves a ton of credit for how Colby fought this fight. You know, he essentially froze Colby, much like we were discussing is how Izzy would do to guys. And, you know, like we said, is remember, even Dana White, you know, Paul Acosta, he's not going to just stand mm-hmm. back like um, Roel, Yoel Romero. He's going to walk forward and walk Izzy down and throw bombs. And we see how that happened, right? And that's yep. kind of the story coming out of that one. It's like, it, it's easier said than done when you're standing in front of a guy like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Leon is 100% one of those guys. I mean, the feints from Leon just never stopped. Constantly showing things, putting things in front of Colby's face, giving him different looks. Um, the leg kicks, obviously, visibly making a difference there. And I'm sure that also had some effect on Colby, especially in the long-term five-round mm-hmm. fight as well. Um, so again, credit to Leon, but man, also the grappling. Um who predicted Leon would not only have a takedown in this fight, but also finish with the exact same numbers of takedowns as Colby. <laughs> um, he held Colby to just two of 10 on his takedown attempts, both of them finishing with two takedowns, 20%. Colby Covington over five rounds held to 20% take. That's wild, man. Mm-hmm. I'd have to go look at the numbers, but that's got to be uh, best in terms of opponent for Colby. Um, and even when Colby did get Leon down, I mean, there was just, he was able to get up with mm-hmm. almost relative ease every time. Um, even the strength and physicality to me from Leon just seemed to be on a different level than Colby. Um, But I just feel sitting here today, he did exactly what he should have done to a guy who's been out for almost two years and then steps into a world title fight with one of the best active fighters, definitely Mm -hmm. welterweights right now. Yeah, I think that, you know, uh, you know, there's obviously something to being out that long. And I think it just also kind of makes you look back at how Dana was trying to sell this as the fight to make. And then now kind of having to backtrack on, well, you know, it didn't quite look as well. And, and you know, we talked about hasn't fought in a long time, hasn't fought very many people, is yeah. not very active. So that kind of comes to the forefront. But, you know, like you said, Leon was just throwing so much stuff fast. He's switching that teep to the body. I mean, he landed that a a whole bunch of times, especially early. And that just kind of keeps guys away from wanting to come forward. And I just don't think he realized as big as Leon is, I don't think he was ready for that speed either. So for me, like kind of thinking on it today and like after the fights last night, the more I thought, like I do think the ring rust was a piece to the puzzle here. But I I think even if you took away the ring rust completely and this was something like, let's say Colby had fought, you know, seven months ago and now he's fighting again. I don't think it really changes the outcome much at all. I think even if you added in more offensive wrestling from Colby, which is what we expected. I honestly think we're just going to see more grappling highlights from leon like i just mm-hmm. think the more like That's the more point. we see him fight i just i just start to believe more and more in his jujitsu and his wrestling at the this legitimate, point like that was said. a legitimate takedown yeah, and like the choke like he had yeah. he had colby dead to rights colby had to literally gator roll borderline <laughs> break his neck to his get neck, out of yeah. it so so again man i just think this just this fight just really speaks to all the different aspects of leon's game like mm-hmm. the striking i expected pretty much what we saw but the grappling man just again just a continued testament to his jiu-jitsu and his yeah. wrestling which is phenomenal well and then to stay engaged over five rounds you know i think colby did start to find some success there late when he was coming forward throwing mm-hmm. punches obviously in that fifth round he got on top of leon but even when he was on top of leon never looked like he was going to finish that fight i don't no. know i mean here's the thing we laughed about at the end him throwing his hands up thinking he won <laughs> and all this other stuff I mean, you think, okay, that's just him trying to save face a bit, but dude, he was literally fighting like he thought he was like ahead there, maybe. Mm-hmm. Even though his corner in between every round is, listen, dude, we are the challenger. Like, you've got to come, you've got to do mm-hmm. something. You've got to come forward. You've got to beat this guy. Take it to him. Um, so I thought his corner was really kind of in a roundabout way trying to tell him, like, without telling him, like, dude, you're losing this fight. Uh, but yeah, even like how calm Leon looked in that fifth round off his back. I mean, he 
literally just looked a bit not I don't want to say checked out but like kind of just coasting at that point mm-hmm. like he knew he had it in the bag and he's like I think he just knew there was absolutely no threat from Colby on top yeah, which Colby is wasn't crazy. trying to pass or nothing that was Colby's hole and, and even like early on man shutting down those early takedowns getting the takedown of his own I mean I think Brandon you said it like the the confidence that that had to have had for Leon but then in the the opposite is like if you're Colby and you're like, geez, this is like all I had to offer, yeah. mm-hmm. which gets back to kind of like what I was going with it last week is, and I even told you guys like this week is like, I just feel like at this level of mixed martial arts at some point, like technique, true skill has to win out. Mm-hmm. I'm still a believer in this sport in that regard. Not saying crazy things can't happen, won't happen in the future. Um, but you just, when you see the difference in technique and skill from these guys, especially on the feet, um, and I mean, Colby does have good takedowns and setups, but like, dude, it just takes so much more than that at this level than just walking a guy forward mm-hmm. and trying to use your pace and pressure. Like, that's just not going to work at this level. Yeah. And so, well, go ahead. One, one thing that I wanted to say on that that was interesting is I feel like years ago, I don't know how far back you'd go, there was this kind of idea that wrestlers dictate where the fight happens, sure. right? And, like, I think to your last night mm-hmm. really exemplified the progression of the sport, and then it's kind of switching, yeah. right? Because Leon dictated where the fight was with, with the striking. And yes. Like, so, anyway, I just wanted to kind of throw no, that No, that's a great there. point. I totally agree with that. And I think, you know, Leon kind of said it in the post-fight, too, is, like, people were talking about his cardio, and he was saying, I don't have to go cardio for cardio yeah. because I got distance. I got all these things that are going to help me maintain but, that. But the only, and, and we talked about it last week, the only thing that people are going off on that cardio was a fight that happened at Altitude in Utah where right. everybody gasses. Like, why we're having mixed martial arts bouts at 6,000 feet of elevation <laughs> or something. It's just wild to me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's just like, yeah, that was kind of where everybody was at. And it's like, I mean, okay, fair point. But, I mean, it's just you're basing it off of one fight when mm-hmm. Leon, I mean, he has a resume of, you know, going the distance and right. I mean, not really looking real I mean, the fight after that. Yeah. But, dude, even just the physicality, I told you guys, it's like we didn't mention it, you know, obviously in our picks last week. But it's something that I had a realization of midweek is how big Leon is for this mm-hmm. division. And just, again, getting back to the physicality, like some of those takedowns, I think Colby may hit on a lot of maybe other guys in this division. And Leon just kind of strong, Once like big under. bro'd him, like, no, dude, <laughs> like just kind of yeah. shucked him off or whatever. Um, another thing I do want to mention, though, and I will say um, there is a big part of me that hopes you kind of mentioned it, John, uh, there, uh, which I'll get to, is the UFC kind of looks at this and decides maybe not to immediately put guys who have been off for almost two years in a mm-hmm. world title fight. Um, and that's kind of regardless of what was promised back when they lost when they last fought. Because remember, that was kind of Dana's whole thing. It's like, mm-hmm. well, he was the number one. You know, this was uh, his the, his fight. Um, because as we mentioned, you know, no one Colby B is even still ranked, let alone still active in some cases mm-hmm. from that run from since when he last fought um and i think that amount of time off to me allows for an understanding that the sport in the division has moved on correct Mm -hmm. you know that's a lot of time march of 2022 Mm -hmm. um because and i'll say this and we're going to get to some of the what's next in a minute but imagine if bilal muhammad fought leon last night how clear the title picture would now be for a guy like shavkat off of this big win right Mm -hmm. instead we're left with kind of some confusion now um and we're going to shelve that like i said for what's next for leon and all that talk um when we get to the Shavkat fight here in a sec. Uh, But what do you guys think? You know, is that something that the UFC should just kind of never allow again? Um, Or do you think there's still some room for scenarios where a fighter could return after a layoff of over a year? Um, You know, let's say, 
you know, I, I don't know. But because I guess my only thought, too, is like with Tom Aspinall, right? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like Tom Aspinall could have came off of, you know, his layoff of whatever and did what he just did mm-hmm. in, in his first fight back. But he didn't. Right. Right. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Is that should it be a case by case scenario? Or I what? think there's only, a lot of time. There's only two examples of this actually working. And that's John Jones and GSP. Sure. Who are top of the, f- yeah. you know, Hall of Famers, Mount Rushmore of MMA. Yeah. Henry Cejudo looked off. Yeah. Obviously now with, you know, Colby Covington, it's looking off. So like I can get the the selling aspect because of a name, mm-hmm. but I do think we're seeing like performances where it's just like, oh, well, this guy definitely needed, you know, at least a fight to kind of sure. shake off the cobwebs and be on. But then there's also a side of kind of how you said, you know, some of these guys definitely need that tune up fight because it does look like they're getting passed up by other guys yeah. in the division and the skill level that keeps going up. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think it's a case by case, but I think that that the the number of cases I should say are incredibly small, like maybe mm-hmm. once uh, every couple years that that makes. Well, I guess that wouldn't make sense there, but like yeah. I guess what I mean is I don't want to see that across divisions multiple times. Like, yeah, it's just it's just like you said, doesn't work often. I prefer activity, and I think it makes much more sense to just kind of push guys that are active a little bit closer in the rankings into those spots than it does to kind of hold it up a little bit or or not necessarily hold it up but bring a guy in and that i'd rather see the tune-up fights in most cases i would say yeah and and i think and as curious as i am to see what they're going to do with leon next i'm equally interested to see where colby goes from here Mm -hmm. um like how far back does he have to reach now for his next opponent um and is there is there a chance that you give colby a guy coming off of a win um what do you guys think they should do you know next with colby because i think a guy like gilbert burns would have made a ton of sense obviously both coming off a loss but we know he's now booked Mm -hmm. uh, which we'll get to in the news um but there just isn't a lot of options when you look just north and just south of colby in the standings i'm assuming he's gonna fall in the rankings obviously um but yeah, that makes I don't know what what do you guys think? You know, is he gonna have to reach back? You give him a guy coming off a win, like still a contender. What do you guys think? I seemed like in the post fight he called for Wonder Boy. Yeah. So um, yeah. So yeah. Go. You can go ahead with that. Okay. Because um, I have a thought on that. But yeah, he but did. I, he did say, he, and he said Wonder Boy was like talking like sneak this or something. I'm like yeah. what? <laughs> but you called him a pedophile and yeah. like the, the the I don't know. I, I would say I don't think it's somebody off of a win unless maybe like a Sean Brady who could use a name to kind of keep pushing himself back up. But I do think. He does need to kind of reset, um, and I think he also needs to maybe look at, you know, his his camp and coach situation. I don't think I don't. I think MMA Masters is a great gym. I think everything they were telling him last night was pretty spot on. It just well, like, I don't think it was spot on when they kept on telling him you're only losing this because you're the challenger. He was getting beat up. Well, I think that was just their way. Again, you know, you know, you're athlete. I think, yeah. and, and and I mean, they've worked with Colby for a long time now, and maybe you know, going in and telling a guy like that, like, hey, you are losing. You know, maybe that just doesn't mm-hmm. work for Colby because I felt like they were doing everything they could to kind of urge him on a little yeah. bit. I don't know that a camp change is necessarily. Or maybe it. he needs to get some different training partners or something because he just didn't seem evolved. Like it. it You've been off this whole time, and nothing looked better. But that gets back to what I'm saying. Like, I just don't understand, like, putting a guy like that in this situation where he's coming off a win over Jorge Masvidal, who has not had a great win record there in his last Mm -hmm. six or seven fights either. Like, you know, it just... We never really got a good gauge, and and it's so crazy that as fans we all saw that. And I get the selling point, right? Like mm-hmm. you got to sell pay per views, but it's just crazy that the UFC didn't like. If we all see it, how do you guys not see that? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but yeah, what do you think, Brandon? What what do you think would be a good next step for Colby? Yeah, so I definitely think he has to reach back. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that Thompson makes sense because they're both coming off losses um, in that way, but. 
I, I don't know. Like, I, I think Brady, I, I could see that fight. I don't like that fight for Brady, to be honest. Like, I don't, I, I just I think that's really? a tough, I, I guess I just mean that more stylistically. Like, that's going to be just a tough fight. Um, I mean, Brady's jiu-jitsu is on a different level than Leon's even, I yeah. would say. And I don't see how, I mean, his striking looked much improved. Like, looked more Sean Brady-esque in that last win, his last win, but... Dude, I think Sean Brady's a nightmare for Colby. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe some of that, too, is just me looking into the whole ring rust piece and the next fight for Colby, maybe him looking better. But I don't know, man. Like, I also have that statement in my head of what Dana said of him looking old and slow. Yep. At, I'm going to get, yeah. You know, I think he's 35. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think he's done, but I do think that, you know, I don't. he's not particularly big for 70. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I just kind of, I'm left with the question of, like, what is Colby's goal? Like, is it a belt? You're 0-3 in your title attempts. Like, yeah. what's he want to do? Like, Thompson's a fun fight. It's not a fight that's like to me shows that you're jumping to get back into the title picture. Um, but he's gotta he's gotta get some wins. He's gotta show some developments in, in that front. So Yeah, calling out the Thompson, you're spot on with the Wonder Boy thing. You know, and funny enough, I think that's the exact kind of fight that Colby tends to book. Guys like Wonder Boy, right? Um, and it falls right in line with the rest of his non-title matchups thus far in the mm -hmm. UFC. Um, I just feel like if you're Colby, though, you got to get in there and start mixing it up with the guys um, who are still going to be here in two years because that's probably how long you're 0-3 in title fights now. I think he is at like a two-year minimum before he gets a sniff at a title shot. Um, and, and you got to get wins now against guys who I think who are still going to be here then mm -hmm. to make your claim even then for it. Um, and if he only faces guys like Wonder Boy, we're going to be asking these same questions then as we did now going mm -hmm. into this fight, right? You know, we have to see, we just have to see him against this top talent um, and not just names, as he said, because he said Wonder Boy's a name. Well, dude, you're kind of in a spot where you, you need Mm -hmm. You need legitimate welterweight wins, you know, and if I'm Colby and as Brandon mentioned, now your own boss, Dana White, summing up your performance by saying you looked old and slow. I'm trying to get in there with these guys, these young contenders as soon as possible, mm -hmm. um, not only to pr prove to himself that he can still hang at this level, uh, but to show the UFC now as well that he's not this old, slow guy, because I'm telling you. To some extent, I can get behind the ring rust. Um, but again, then you go see like what a guy like Tom Aspinall did coming back. To get going, I get it. But I think what we saw last night was so far off the mark from what this level of mixed mm -hmm. martial arts is that it's it was a bit more than ring rust. Yeah. Uh, whether it was old and slow, I, I don't know. We weren't there. I think that's interesting from a guy that literally sits cage side to have that observation. And nobody's seen more fighting than Dana White. Mm -hmm. um, but as Brandon mentioned, man, Colby is 35s. I said two years. That's it at minimum um, to get back to a title shot. But if he's just picking off the Wonder Boys of the world, it could be even longer. Um, so if he's going in and looking old and slow at 35 in championship fights, um, imagine what Colby would look like in a title fight when he's 37, 38, and he is actually old and slow and not mm -hmm. just maybe not as developed or where he needs to be. Um, I hate that Wonder Boy fight. I, I just... I. I mean, do I think he could beat Wonder Boy? Yeah. You know, in terms of getting a win back, maybe for confidence issues or uh, confidence purposes, it would be a good fight. Um, I think, you know, you could probably throw it on that Miami card, that UFC mm -hmm. 299, which we'll get to. Colby said he wants to fight in Miami, so that would make some sense. Um, but yeah, dude, like... That, that would be the only purpose if it's just to get a win. Yeah, the only people I think are available in the division right now would be Kamaru, um, now Wonder Boy... 
um, Sean Brady and then Luke. And he's so against, like Brandon said, he's kind of smaller for the division, not mm-hmm. the biggest welterweight, and he's so against going down. He's he's a real man, right? He fights at his natural weight. He doesn't cut. Mm-hmm. Right. He's not going down. He's he's made that very clear. And even sitting here, like, just kind of hit me in my head is like, is is Wonder Boy even a great matchup for him? Another again, you're talking again. Another guy, good to striker, tough guy to take down. I mean, we saw Shavkat, but we're gonna get to that in a minute. That's yeah. a different animal in and of itself. I don't know, man. That's a tough. That's not an easy fight. Well, and even on like the old and slow part, like <clears throat> or ring rust. Yeah, you know. I can I can see some of that for certain parts of your game, but you're a lifelong wrestler and grappler, mm-hmm. and you looked like you were getting out grappled, and yeah. you know. So even to that point, like because even the points where um, Colby was able to get on top, it was because Leon was trying submissions. It wasn't if Leon wanted to just hold on his back or hold in guard or something, he could have done that because Colby really wasn't giving him any yeah. resistance. He was slicing through him. He was transitioning. So if Leon doesn't go, even in that fifth, if Leon doesn't go for a you know that inverted triangle armbar type of situation (laughs) then you know there's a chance that he ends up on top and there's not even a round for colby so yeah i definitely think that he needs to find find whatever that matchup is maybe it's trying to see if he can get some 55 or to come up to 70 to fight him like a poye or something that'd be a good one to give him some type of a edge because i don't know what his edge is in the top 10 maybe even 15 right now yeah one more thing on this fight obviously the build-up got really ugly with this one you know colby saying some pretty nasty things about uh leon's dad who's who's dead and leon was you know noticeably shaken by it i even told you guys it made me nervous because of how emotional he was in the weigh-ins when rogan was was interviewing him um, and that type of energy can help um, but it can also be like super destructive to some guys in their performance when they get in there overly emotional mm-hmm. um, and we've obviously credited Leon's team and coaches at Renegade for getting him to this point uh, but John you brought up a great point last night and that is that they deserve a lot of credit again mm-hmm. for kind of pulling Leon through a mental lapse right or yeah, you know a, a potential yeah um, for getting him focused for this fight Leon even admitted that it was hard to get back to reality mm-hmm. and focus focus uh but clearly they are just very as i was mentioning earlier you know just in tune with their fighter know what it takes to get him um and uh just like you said know how to reel him in and just kind of draw a performance out of him um and if he is a champ for a long time or a while um they're going to continue to be a huge part of that because Mm -hmm. i mean i just think the proof is there these guys get leon leon responds to whatever they're giving him um and i will say he looked like a guy last night that could really hold this belt for a while. Yeah, you know, when we talk about the mental side of this fighting stuff, and, you know, when we talked about the, the second Usman fight where the coaches kind of pulled this knockout out of him, mm-hmm. um, and that's a huge testament to them alone. But then, like this, being able to calm him down, because, I mean, he said he was crying, he was so mad. Yeah, like, in anger, yeah. Um, had to talk to his mom, all these things, but to reel him in, get him to be patient yeah. and not overdo things and be, a prof- like, a professional. Like, yeah. there's not a lot of like coaches that can do yeah. that like that's well, and to stay in locked in for five whole rounds you know that was kind of the whole thing with Usman like to have that mental lapse that late in a fight uh you know it's just not easy man mm-hmm. it's it just take that just shows this guy's on a different level uh let's get into our co-main event boys and it was contested for the flyweight title and of course <laughs> Alexandre Pantoja defeats Brandon Roy Val via U. 
unanimous decision, uh, and there was no filling out here. These guys <laughs> picked up exactly where they left off in that first fight, um, and Pantoja charged across the cage and just really never looked back in this. Um, again, I thought, much like our main event, just a very dominant performance by Pantoja, and much like, you know, even in the main event, you know, Roy Val, like Colby, still super tough. He was still there in the end, um, but there is a new king at flyweight, boys, and I feel like, like, Leon, he may sit on this throne for a while. Pantoja looks like he's going to be a tough guy to dethrone. Yeah, and one of the things you said during the fight, which I just, I don't know, I found it interesting and stuck out to me, was the way that fight started. Like you said, Pantoja, the champion, running out yeah. there and like force, like forcing that kind of fight out of Brandon. And like you said, a lot of champions, once they get the belt, we kind of see a little bit of a change to become defensive. And that was not, is not the yeah. case for Pantoja, right? He's just like, no, I'm going to go out there and make sure I keep this belt and just really put the pace on, on the challenger rather than waiting for them to come to me. And what do you make of that? Like John, like I'll ask you, you know, that this high pace output style that's being deployed now by Pantoja in title fights, which again mm -hmm. is just nuts in and of itself, uh, because this now makes back to back five round performances, right? Where we thought by the third round, Pantoja seemed cooked. Yeah. Uh, but again, he just digs deep. He finds, you know, a way to finish these fights and still charges forward like mm -hmm. the whole time, even though he look he looks gas. I'm guessing he's not. Uh, but yeah. So for that reason, it is hard to critique this style, mm -hmm. you know, but do you think that this is something that he can sustain? for a while and again in a light a flyweight division we talked about last night that is just on fire and loaded of talent you know it, it is it is interesting i think it's the only other person i can like um reference to a, a similar type of thing as far as um you don't know about the cardio but it always shows up is like a Drikus, where it's like oh well he's gonna fade out and then he just kind of finds a way to get stronger toward the end yeah. and i think you know with pantoja i think he one trusts his chin more than probably anybody else in the division um, because he'll keep his hands down because he knows he's going to hit you right after you hit him. Um, and then the skill set. I mean, he's so well-rounded. Yeah. He knows. I mean, he even got hurt a couple times in there, and then it's like, oh, I know I'm a better wrestler. Boom. Yeah, and that, I, you know, again, I, I don't want it this to be like the just beat up on Colby episode, but like I think that's kind of the difference when you talk about somebody that comes forward, brings that heavy pace, that heavy pressure mm -hmm. between like a Pantoja and a Colby is um, Pantoja has a very, like even Brandon, you had mentioned, like, Colby needed a win, like, in that fourth round, and he got his takedowns here and there, but it's like, he's not a finisher, though. Like, mm -hmm. he just doesn't finish fights. Pantoja is a finisher, is a very legitimate Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner, and finishes, I mean, his back game is just elite level, but then also has the wrestling to get the fight to that point, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's, it's more, and that's what I was even getting to drawing that comparison is there is guys that can bring that pace and pressure but there's also a there's a system there there's a legitimate mm -hmm. technique of i'm gonna come in this guy's face throw bombs level change get him down get to his back submit him and that and when you can walk through somebody's game like that and i can't do that for colby going like i'm like mm -hmm. okay gets guys down then what like you know what i mean well i think one of the big differences too with pantoja and colby is the ability to land takedowns out in the open colby's yes. still relying on that fence Good that point. clinch and, and yeah. takedowns from there where pantoja can be middle of the octagon and he's yes. able to snatch up a single or shoot a blast double yeah. and still land it so. yeah and i think pantoja you know he just the striking keeps looking better like the way that he's able to counter even off of getting hit is yeah. really impressive um and I and I do think that the rest I mean we've talked about eight earlier take, eight takedowns early in the in year we did our most well rounded yeah and the co main and main didn't make the list but if we did one right now I think those guys are you know some of them I mean they showed it like yeah. the skill set that Pantoja showed there you know I, if you look at the division there might be some guys who wrestle good who have good jujitsu and have good striking I just don't know if there's anybody who does it on his level no that's a fair point well and just again I mean. 
I mean, over five rounds, like, I mean, that is just tough to deal with, man. Mm-hmm. And a guy like Brandon Royval, who, I mean, cardio monster, like we were talking about the whole 10 mile. They mentioned it on the broadcast, the 10-mile run that he did on the Embedded. I mean, just the guy's a beast, man. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, not that he ever faded by any means, but the fact that he couldn't even, like, crack that code, it's like, dude, I mean, that's – he's just a monster, man. I mean, Well, and then even, like, the leg kick from Pantoja. You know, as we were talking about yeah. this fight, it's like, oh, you know, they have that at Factory X, and, you know, he's going to employ that. But Pantoja was on it early on top of that pace. Yeah. Like, he just had a really great game plan, and Brandon Royval, super tough man absolutely and and there's just not a lot to you know get to as far as what's next here what does this all mean for the division because i think it's pretty clear you know we know brandon moreno who did weigh in as the backup fighter for this bout it's worth mentioning will face amir albazi in february i think the general consensus is winner will be next for pantoja i think dana white even said as much in his post fight just that that pretty much does make sense mm-hmm. um so not like i said not much to deliberate here with that because it's pretty much set in stone i think what's going to happen maybe if manil cop has a really good performance against Nikolai because both of them will be rematches so yeah, maybe it's the better performance it's gonna be I don't tough because Nikolai is coming off that that bad knockout to Roy Val right so you know it, it could be a big win for a cop but cop might have to win another one right. or he's just gonna have to wait in line either mm-hmm. way I think I mean because Amir Albazi is one of those guys where we were already like how do you deny this guy next mm-hmm. you know and then it played out the way it played out with Moreno losing and mm-hmm. I get that you know the UFC you know because I'm not a fan of like just cycling guys back through the system right like okay you lose your next fight's a contender fight like you know if you win this Mm -hmm. you're right back in it but i get it with moreno i mean he's a massive star and this is a division that didn't have as much talent and it is still building um but i mean we'll get well what's what's interesting though is like not being a fan of the cycling but he's the most cycled champion they've had because of quadrilogy and well he's just a star and like i said i mean you could literally say this i mean i don't it's tough because it takes two, right? Figueredo deserves some credit. But Moreno, I feel like, saved this whole division, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just kind of came in and took it over. And not even just with his wins and his fights and his performances, but really selling himself as a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think he deserves this Albazi fight. Kind of sucks for Albazi because it's a tough fight. Yeah. Um, but I do think winner 100% um, faces Pantoja next. And I don't know if I'd call that a prize at this point. <laughs> yeah. That guy looks freaking... That's <laughs> like, a good luck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, boys, next result, Shavka. Rachmanov defeats Steven Thompson via second round rear naked choke. 18 and 0, boys, with 18 finishes. Hands Wonderboy, his first submission loss of his career, which I had a hunch he was going to look for. <laughs> um, I mean, what more is there to kind of be said about this guy? Uh, I don't know. Uh, your guys' thoughts, though, on his performance here. He, he did exactly what I thought he was going to do, right? I think we all kind of said as much. Like, he's probably going to be able to outgrapple Wonderboy. The question is, is he going to try to stand there and strike with him? Because mm-hmm. that's kind of Wonderboy's area, or is he going to just do what he's do? You know, what he, his path to victory is going to employ that. And, um, I, that was kind of the only question. It seemed like pretty clear in the beginning. He initiated the clinch fairly early on and, um, you know, was able to get him down and essentially just kind of have his way with him once he got it to the floor. Um, yeah, I mean, the other, I, the other side of that, man, I didn't think Thompson looked terrible. Like I thought he looked good on the feet for 40 years old, yeah. but against a guy like Shavka, man, you just got, you, you know, you've got to deal with all aspects of MMA and that's oh, just an area where yeah. Thompson struggled. Yeah, and I think it's um it's a good it was a good showing for Shavkat to show that it's not just him kind of throwing a lot of reckless strikes to see to get that like he has these different game plans he can go to to beat guys in different ways that you know even his coaches kind of felt like stay in clinch range don't stay at that distance where Stephen Wonderboy Thompson is probably one of the best in the world yeah. at um 
And to be able to, first of all, to get the takedown, because it didn't come easy at first, because Wonder Boy is very, very strong. His legs are very strong. Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't get taken down very easily. Um, but I do think Shawcott showed just a huge level once he was on the ground, just kind of slicing through and get to the submission win. Yeah, I told you guys, it was like that first like grappling exchange where Shawcott had Wonder Boy pinned on the cage. And like you saw Wonder Boy like, you know, move one, he tried to take that underhook and it just did not happen. And then he tried to like frame under Shavkot's jaw, nothing, no reaction. Then mm -hmm. he just kind of like dropped his arms <laughs> like, oh, shoot. Like, yeah, this is it's going to be a long one. I think he realized at that point, like this guy is just, you know, a different animal. And so much so that I think obviously the biggest question here is what the heck do we now do with Shavkot Rachmanov next? Because it would seem... Um, there is only one thing left to do, and that is a title shot. And in most cases, I think they would be ready for that for a guy mm -hmm. who's 18-0 and with 18 finishes. Like, I think even the UFC, you know, is Wonderboy a guy you get a title shot off of? You know, maybe not normally uh, or typically, but, I mean, the resume kind of speaks for itself mm -hmm. here. But Bilal Muhammad is a guy who's not only on a win streak himself, um, but I think also has the bigger wins over bigger names, much higher level opposition. Um, so what's your guys' thoughts? You know, what is next for this welterweight title picture, and who should face Leon Edwards next? Yeah, I mean, I think going off what you said, Bilal, I mean, I guess makes the most sense. He's on a 10-fight win streak, I think. and Like, all like the, 9 or 10. Uh, yeah, yeah, and all the guys he's faced, and a great high-level competition. Um, So I, I, I think with it being – how many times did Leon fight this year? Three? No. Was it, was it just – March. I think he fought in March, right? Two, so the the third – Usman and then this one. this one. Yeah, I mean, I, I would no, say – Leon didn't fight three times. The first Usman fight was last year. No, no, no. He's saying did he fight three times this year. I said this the, the last Usman fight in – was the last Usman fight this year or no, last year? No, no, no. He fought the the Usman rematch or the, the third fight. Technically, was in March. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. he's only fought twice. This right. Year. Yeah. yeah. So, I guess it'd be Leon and Bilal. I just it's kind of tough, right? Like it's one of those things. What do you do with Shavkat? Like who do you give him if you're going to book Bilal and uh, Leon? And uh, I'm just not sure. Like I, I kind of don't mind the idea of a Shavkat Bilal and then winner fights Leon, but I I, I don't know. Yeah, it, you know it's interesting too because. Obviously, Bilal's been on this run, but I also feel like in the fight he did have with Leon Edwards, if that eye poke doesn't happen, I felt like Leon was on his way to a win, which would have put this obviously a lot easier. Uh, yeah, but I mean, that's so, there was just nothing in that fight to even indicate that, really. I mean, it was happened so early yeah. and so fit fast. There's nothing that really, you go back and watch it, it's like, I mean, maybe you could say he was settling in a little bit more, but I mean, there's just, there wasn't enough yeah. in that to even say that. And I think there's another side of for there, the only option I would see for Shavkat would be if like Usman wants to come back down. Obviously, he's coming off of a middleweight loss, but we've seen fighters go up and try and come down and still hold their spot. I mean, he's still ranked where he's at. So that would be the only fight I would think if you do Bilal and Leon that would make sense for Shavkat because um, there's nobody else up there for him at this point. Yeah, and for that, I still say it's Bilal's fight next. You know, you know, Shavkat is a stud and he's also very deserving, but. Um, as great of a win as I mentioned, as Wonder Boy is, um, I just don't know if that earns you a title shot over Bilal, who's coming off a win over Gilbert Burns. I understand the last minute nature of that fight, you know, and all. Or, uh, Gilbert's, excuse me, that wasn't the last minute. I always get that confused. I understand Gilbert's injury that he got in the middle mm -hmm. of that fight, um, but it's still a win. 
Shavkat, uh, you know, Bilal came in, did we did. Um, now, you could argue Shavkat is funner, he finishes fights, and more people want to see him fight Leon, and that's fair. Um, but you just can't ignore the names and body of work from Bilal during this run, um, including the unfinished businesses we mentioned that I believe him and Leon have from that first fight with the eye poke. I think mm. that in and of itself is a storyline. That's something that if you're the UFC, you can build off of that right now. Um, and I don't think there's any problem with giving Shavkat one more fight. You know, not that he, not I said, not that he needs it, mm-hmm. um, but he's a stud man. Like let he, you know, even down to like the English thing, right? Like he doesn't speak great English. Give him more time to develop that because if he can get on the English side, he can be a star. I mean, everybody talks about the the flags that his fan. I mean, he's got a following, mm-hmm. man. But um, I just think there's more time. Let Shavkat cook a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but who do you give him? Like that's my question. I mean, I mean, that's the tough thing. You know, I don't hate the Usman thing. Um, but I would still like to see Usman if if I'm saying, you know, personally, I'd like to see Usman stay at um one eighty five. One eighty five, mm-hmm. yeah. Um let me pull up I mean, it, hey, if if Sean Brady wants to take that fight, you know, it'd be a risky fight for both guys, I think. You know, mm-hmm. it's not one that typically you'd want to see because you could potentially bury, you know, Sean Brady there. Uh, there. I do think real quick, to be fair to Shafcott with the resume thing, too, I just don't think a lot of guys are willing to fight him either. Yeah. I don't. I think if they didn't tell Wonderboy there's a chance you get a title shot from winning this, he doesn't take this fight either. Yeah, give him Colby. Why not, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think so. I, yeah, I think I think if it's not a guy like Sean Brady, then maybe you just shelf Shafkat, let him be the backup fighter uh, for mm-hmm. the for uh, Bilal um, Leon, mm-hmm. um, and then just kind of let him rock for a minute. Let I him mean, chill. You're, you're potentially looking at what maybe a year if if he does. That's that? That's a good point. Like, well, yeah, but you know, uh, so let me. Yeah, I see what you're saying, but I also want, and I'm going to get to that. I'll get to that. But there's one thing I do want to mention is Leon also did flirt with a move up mm-hmm. to 185 pounds for a super fight shot at the middleweight title. Um, but I would be very shocked to see that. And even me personally, I'd like to see Leon continue at welterweight because he's just a beast here, man. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, you know, maybe if Leon, uh, does that mean, I don't know if that interests you guys, him moving up. Um, because I guess the one th- good thing is then in theory, if Leon did come up, and this is what I was going to say, is you could then do maybe Shavkat versus Bilal for an interim. So, mm-hmm. you know, that would give a little bit of clarity. But again, I'd be very shocked if they go that way. Um, but I will say, and this is another thing I want point I wanted to put out, is regardless of what Leon does, we have to see him stay active, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this, with this, because you got to think that first. Uh, Kamara Usman when he beat him for the title the first time that happened in August Mm -hmm. Um, then we didn't see him until March and then now we just got him here at the end of the year but with this division being so on fire we just can't you know see Leon Mm -hmm. sit inactive in my opinion for another nine to ten months right Um, I'd love to see him face someone on that 300 in April which we'll get to um, you know, but he mentioned wanting to do co-headline a card with Aspinall in the UK. I think that's a great idea Ooh. as well. Um, whatever. I don't care, but I think to me, we just have to see it sometime before summer of next year, like April, May-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, you know, like if that, cause I know you were, you were just saying, you know, it could be a year, mm-hmm. but I don't know, man. I just think we need, he just needs to get active. <laughs> that's the only yeah, thing. Yeah. I, I mean, with Bilal's been willing to wait and he's healthy, um, if you can turn around, I, I do think that they have to keep on, you know, capitalizing on this whole London UK yeah. thing that they can do with now having Aspinall too, but Leon to begin with. Leon so. versus Bilal in London, I think is, is 
a great like yeah. that that would be a good you know that could be your main event and then surreal gone aspinall could be your mm-hmm. co-main event that is a massive card man get their patty on it yeah like, throw, absolutely yeah. man i mean there's just so many yeah there's so many big fights you could do on a uk card i think leon deserves that um and to me, I just think it has to be Bilal, though. I, yeah. They're going to have to figure something out for Shavkat. Like I said, whether you give him, um, like, like Sean Brady or, or, I don't know, somebody else. But I do, just just to throw this out there, um, because we've heard some rumblings of it before, but based off of how that fight went, how would you feel of, like, Islam trying to come up and fight Leon? Because he said he's wanted to do that as well. I think that would be a big mistake for Islam. Yeah. I think that is a... I think I think what we would see is much of what we saw last night. If not, I think because I think Islam would commit to coming forward more. Mm-hmm. I think Leon would knock him out. Yeah, I literally, I really do. Yeah, I'll be interested to see if he's still kind of trying to bark up that tree. I mean, because oh, go ahead. I was just, I would I don't mind that fight as much as I think if Leon's going to go up, like I want to see Leon get a few more defenses before he ends up. I like the idea of people defending their belt, like Volks defended his belt numerous times yeah. before he tried his fifty-five shot. Yeah. I like that idea as well. I, so I. But I wouldn't be too terribly mad at the Islam. I, I, I don't. I don't disagree with you in terms yeah. of it being a mistake. But um, I think it's fun. I don't. I don't hate it. Um, but man, I just. I don't know, man. I am just so sitting here today, more so blown away with the grappling of Leon Edwards, mm-hmm. um, and the ability, and the strength, man. to get up. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just think that I think it'd be tough for Islam, man, coming up fifteen pounds like that too. Um, be tough, man. But yeah. if you ask Colby Islam's a weight bully and he should be a welterweight anyway. So <laughs> what do I know? Uh, speaking of Patty boys, Patty the Batty Pimblet defeats Tony Ferguson via unanimous decision. Again, a very dominant yet interesting win, I guess you could say, for Patty. Um, I think what we saw from Patty was exactly what we should have seen, right? He dominated and won every aspect of this fight. Um, but it is tough, man, and I hate because I feel like every time Patty fights, we go here. Um, but I don't think it answered a lot of the questions or concerns maybe that we have for Patty moving forward and facing top talent in the lightweight mm-hmm. division. One thing that really stood out, the striking defense, man. Chin still way too high. Um, and we've been saying that since his first fight in the UFC. And it's like, I mean, I know he took a lot of time off from being injured, but you had to have thought you could have been working on that kind of stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, like I told you guys, imagine if he was in there with Jalen Turner last night. Right. <laughs> and coming in, and Jalen Turner is walking him down, and he's got his chin up. And I mean, right. I just don't see how that works, man. Um, and then the other thing was the cardio. I told you guys, it seemed to go fast in that mm-hmm. third round. I mean, he, he looked a little tired when he came out for that third round. Um, but within about 30 seconds, man, he was cooked. And if he yeah. didn't get Tony down, things may have gotten interesting. And he may have found himself in some trouble there. Because Tony was kind of starting to tee off on him a bit. Um and again, this was dominant, and he did what he should have done. Uh, but yeah, I don't know what. What do you guys think? I don't want to because I don't want to pick it apart because it was a dominant win, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we have to remember the context of the opponent as well uh, because he's going to face much tougher opposition than Tony, who's now on a seven-fight losing streak. Yeah, I mean, I think you said it during the fight, man. Like it, with the whole Jalen Turner thing, you used a less less nicer less nice words uh, during the fight. But I have a tough time seeing Patty still compete. What did like I a, say? 
you said if he fights like a Turner or anything, does he get knocked the fuck oh, out? Okay, like, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I mean, like a little juiced up. I get a little emotional. <laughs> yeah, <in> like, <laughs> sorry guys. <laughs> um, but like, I mean, like I said, you can see, and I can tell, like from my perspective as somebody who's not an MMA fighter, like I'm just a fan. But it looks to me like he's he has been trying to work on that, mm -hmm. like in the midst, like in terms of keeping his chin tucked, keeping his shoulders up, keeping his hands in front of his face. But you can see in the fight, like at least I felt like he was recognizing that like oh yeah like i need to be here because he'd yeah. get relaxed his hands would be down yeah. and then it, you know tony come in oh yeah and he, yeah. you'd see his shoulders come up and so i just i don't know like i i just have a tough time seeing him performing super great the higher up he goes but you can't keep what are you going to do with him like you've got to start giving him somebody i think at this point he needs a top 15 and i would love to see him against anybody in the top 15 but um yeah, like you said, the performance was good. He had dominant grappling. He had a great exchange in the, on the feet as well. I think it was the first round. Dropped him. Should have finished him, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I just give Patty a top 15. We'll see what he's made of. What do you do? That is the best question. 15. You got, here's here's 15 through, let's go 15 through 10, okay? 15, well, I'm going to start from 15. Drew Dover. Bobby Green, maybe. Yeah, that's that's kind of about what mm -hmm. they're where they've been booking Patty, how they've been booking Patty. Um, Hanato Moicano, he's booked. Benoit Saint Denis. Imagine if he was in there with Benoit Saint Denis. I just night. I just read a thing where he said <laughs> he's reached out to him to start training with him. Yeah, so. R RDA, and then Jalen Turner is ten. Uh, this is my prediction. I think with based how the UFC's booked Patty so far, it's going to be Bobby Green or RDA. Yeah. I mean, it's just well, RDA's booked so. Is he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they just announced it last yeah, night. We'll get to moves. RDAs. Uh, Bobby Green, I think, makes a ton of sense. I think we, you know, you could give him Drew Dober. Um, is Dober booked? Yeah. Yeah, Dober's booked. Yeah, I say Patty and Bobby Green makes the most sense. Give him a shot at some top 15 opposition. We have to see it. He, You know, regardless of where Tony is, regardless of the losing streak, all that, he's not ranked. Tony is a big name, so he just Ooh. got his big name win. Drew but, Dober isn't, but he just fought in October. Sure, yeah, so, so he could turn around. You know, maybe UFC but, 300. Yeah, but man, I think, I mean, if you're the UFC, I guess there it's, isn't. It's got to be one of those yeah. two. It's got to be Bobby Green or Drew Dober. Mm -hmm. And Bobby Green and Drew Dober already fought, so we don't need to see that again. Right. You know what I mean? So I think it's got to be one of those two or bust. But what do you think, John? What, just overall there's, with the there's no way you get Jalen Turner to reach back at this point because he's oh, done I so much. I think he would. You really think he oh, would? I think he would. To fight Patty, to, to get to be. Yeah. Here's the thing. I would guarantee, let me let me be honest with you. I'm going to say clear up to about, oh, man. I'm I'm looking at even like five. Dude, I bet Dustin Poirier would be licking his chops to fight yeah. Patty. I don't know how he feels about Patty, but I guarantee all these guys, because like, I think when you know who the big dog, like who they're trying to push, mm -hmm. probably annoys you a little bit as a fighter, and all these guys. Dude, number eight, Rafael Faizif. Imagine if Patty fought <laughs> yeah. Rafael Faizif. Like, even Dan Hooker at nine. Like, mm -hmm. I just, I don't know, man. I just, it's going to be interesting, but yeah, we've got to see him mix it up with one of these guys. But yeah, dude, I think even like a Dan Hooker, I think any of these guys would take the Patty fight. It's a big fight. It, you know, he's obviously got the build. They're trying to build mm -hmm. him. And yeah. all of these guys want to hand him his first loss in the UFC. Yeah. I know. And I think it's kind of like what you were saying with Colby. Like, if you're just beating the Wonder Boys, we don't know. And if, same yeah. with Patty, if you're just beating, you know, because even like the Jared Gordon fight was just like, a, oh, well, you know, maybe we're starting to see him like peek out here. Yeah. Um, you know, you do need to give him that, you know, 15, 14. And, and to even go back to, like, the improvements on the, the striking defense, I thought his striking, like, the offense looked better. I thought he was putting together more, like, cleaner punches um, early in the fight especially. But I think that, you know, 
we talk about like fighters who got get into fighting late and they're able to kind of make like a Francis who's able to make these really big jumps, but he didn't develop bad habits through his fighting career. And for Patty, it's always been hands down jumping around. And I think it's going to be really hard for him to break that. Unfortunately, I think the easiest way to learn that lesson is going to be running into a Drew Dobe or Bobby Green who are definitely yeah. going to punch your face off. Yeah, and I don't even know if it's worth mentioning, you know, the Tony side of things here in terms of what's next. You know, they're just what what's more is there to say, you know, that hasn't been said um, and hasn't been echoed by everybody, including Dana White last night, who said he would like to see Tony retire. Um, it's just kind of sort of sad. And there's just no denying that he's a shell of the fighter that he once was. I think that warrior right and mentality and everything still exists inside of him um, and in the mind. But there's just no denying, man, that the body and seemingly more specifically, Brandon, you brought it up the legs are just aren't there anymore um mm-hmm. and just kind of haven't been anymore uh but yeah i don't know what you guys say. i mean you just have to wonder if the ufc is kind of finally going to step in and move on here i don't think that that means the end of fighting for tony um but putting him out there at this level it just needs to stop man i told you guys last week and i feel more convicted on that on this today is there isn't many active ufc lightweights that i'd pick tony to beat yeah. i mean i just think it's I mean, like, again, like, we were talking about Jared Gordon last night because they had brought him up about how good they think he really is. Dude, imagine, like, Jared Gordon and mm-hmm. Tony. I mean, it just it's just not going to go good. Yeah, and, and I think, honestly, this might be your best-case scenario for Tony to go out because he did, you know, he did have some a little bit of promise in that last round. In the second round, his guard was a little bit more active, but you didn't see him get slept and put out. Get finished. You know, like B.J. Penn or somebody where it's just like, oh, gosh, man. Speaking of B.J. Penn, he tied B.J. Penn for the longest active UFC. Yeah. losing streak last that's night. what that's why I, as soon as we start talking about numbers like that's immediately what you think it, of it's you, just it like gives a, you rem- yeah like if you were around for those last like the ryan hall bj mm-hmm. Penn fight like that that gives you those vibes where it's just like it's just tough man to mm-hmm. see these guys age out and then when they don't like you remember tony yeah. right when tony was tony that, that 14 fight win streak or whatever it was and like it's just like it's just not there. and what you don't want is like the frankie edgar or, fights, or people fight like that where it's just like oh man i yeah. hate to see him you out like that you know you pushed you had this moment in the embedded with the yeah. david goggins stuff and it's like people seem like you go out on your shield maybe just take yeah. that man what do you think? I, yeah, I completely agree i don't i don't think i need to see anything more from tony um i know there was a few times there where he was like like way earlier in his career, I think he did a few like little analyst things, and they were just kind of throwing people in there. Mm-hmm. Love him to see tra- him transition to something else, uh, Give him something. grappling, anything. But mm-hmm. I just think fighting at this point just isn't it. Um, I'm yeah. Like, what scares me the most is I feel like I, I have a feeling. I just dude, at some point the UFC, there's got to be a responsibility to just at least cut ties on their end from this guy. I mean, it just. Mm-hmm. I think it's commission more than anything. Well, that that and there's a fair argument there. I mean, at what point do they step in? But even with that, like what scares mm-hmm. me the most is I feel like a guy like Tony, say the UFC's like, hey man, thank you, love you, we just can't do this anymore. I feel like he goes like he's in bare knuckle mid next oh, year. Dude, these yeah. commissions let Bigfoot Silva fight. Yeah, and over then it's and like, over. and then it's just like, dude, like that's almost even worse for a guy mm-hmm. like that. And I just, ugh, I don't know, I. I wish there was something in place to kind of save these guys from themselves a bit. Because like I said, I know that still exists in Tony, and that's why he's still trying and still mm-hmm. going for it. But, uh, yeah, there needs to – that's like you can talk about the development of the sport long term. But even the NFL, dude, a lot of sports are way far behind on that in terms of transitioning guys out, mm-hmm. helping transition them to a regular life, a normal mm-hmm. career, and 
moving on past this sport that has occupied their lives for, mo- I mean, in football, you're talking most guys, their whole lives. Mm-hmm. We're seeing mixed martial artists nowadays, or they've been doing jujitsu since they were seven, right? You know, right. so it's like, it's going to be even harder, I think, sometimes in some terms for these guys to move on <laughs> as time goes on, because they've literally dedicated their lives to it. And I just think at some point, I would love to see something in place to help these guys transition into a career past mm-hmm. fighting, because I think it would make it easier, give them new purpose, and so yeah. to speak, if that makes sense. And I think for some people, it might also be as the you know wages go up like the what they can earn the sports sure. keeps getting bigger because you know in nfl we do have some people who retire early because you know i've made enough money i've put my body through enough i'm okay with this for a lot of mma guys you know that's not necessarily the case because when tony first started you know the money wasn't necessarily the same as how it's brought up to right. at that point so. yeah last fight on the main card boys Whew. josh emmett defeats Bryce Mitchell via first round knockout. Let me let me just hit this too. Whew. That was vicious, boys. A picture perfect right hand. Probably one of the scariest knockouts we have seen in a while. You know, seeing Bryce out like that. Uh, kind of season up there. You know, glad he's okay. I saw he uploaded a video. Everything was uh, tests. Everything checked out. Seems okay. Uh, but what a huge win for Josh Emmett. And honestly, I, I I said it last week on the pod. I said it all week. I was so shocked to see Josh Emmett was such an underdog to mm-hmm. begin with in this fight. Not even just for the last minute nature of it. Um, but, you know, like I kept saying is like, I mean, you look at his losses and I know people were probably weighing that heavy, but Yair, who Josh Emmett has the wrestling chops, but doesn't really utilize him. And Yair's probably the best striker, yeah. <laughs> you know, in, in that division. Um, and then Ilya Taporia, who I hold in really high regard, mm-hmm. think, you know, not to get too far ahead, but I think him and Volk is going to be a really good fight. I think he has a legitimate chance of beating Alexander Volkanovsky, like two very legitimate, mm-hmm. like tough guys to beat. Um, and then you got Bryce coming in short notice. We've seen the chin, you know, striking, I mean, be an issue. And yeah, man, Josh Oman went out and showed why he's still very dangerous and deserves uh, some pretty high praise and consideration in this division moving forward. So I think the only thing I could say to the whole underdog piece is that the last two fights for Emmett, there was a, a significant amount of grappling involved, but he was on kind of the losing end of it. Um, so then you, yeah, you come into this fight with Bryce, who's all grappling, sure. and he comes off. And, you know, Bryce is coming off his win, so I, I could, I don't want to agree with it, but I think that's where it kind of comes from. And then, yeah, like you said, I mean, just that right hand, like good luck. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and I think there's also, you know, there's he's 38. There were some issues. You know, he doesn't look great on the scale. You get these two losses in a row. He almost looked a little bit dejected in taking those, but he obviously completely revitalizes himself in this situation. Yeah. Um, and just, yeah, I dev, I mean, the room kind of, the energy in the room kind of sucked out when we it were watching scary, it, where dude. it's just like, oh, dude. I, I mean, well, you just don't see, like, guys seizing like that, yeah. you know, like if going into, like, a full-blown seizure after getting knocked out. And the way he fell, I mean – the computer just shut off, dude. Just boom. I mean, again, like I think they said, DC said it is like that's how people go out when they get like kicked in the head. Like, yeah. you know, like, I mean, that was just a shot. He kind of leaned into it too, and Josh stepped off. Like, it was, I mean, you don't get more perfect yeah. than that. It's like, and the thing for me that was scary is like when you see knockouts, typically, and I don't understand completely how knockouts work. I'm not a neurologist, but my limited understanding is there's a lot to do with like the, the movement of the neck and yeah. the twitching, and there was no movement or twitching. It was just pure blunt force to the, 
to the face. Yeah. Like, it's and, like he got shot in the head. And it wasn't even like it. temple or behind the ear, how we see sometimes. He just middle of the face just completely Lights shut out. him out. Yeah. Man. Lights out. Um, I'm looking here um, at the rankings. A lot of guys booked around. Um, I don't know if this guy is booked, but I would love to see Calvin Cater versus mm. He Josh hasn't booked Emmett. yet. Would, Aljo wants him, it's a but rematch, he's not right? booked yet. Um, looking, that's what I was just looking at. Yes, it is. Um, Josh Emmett won the first meeting. Yeah, so it was a close one. That's tough, though. You know, see, Cater, another one. His last two losses, he's, you know, lost two here. Um, he beat Giga Chikadze, which is a great win. Then loses to Josh Emmett by a split decision, close fight, as Brandon mentioned, and then just lost by TKO to Arnold Allen. Um, so not a horrible loss to come off of. Yeah, why don't why not why don't we run you know yeah. Emmett Emmett Cater back? I think that'd be a fun one. Uh, that is the main card, boys. Real quick, I don't know if there's any other results that we want to get to. Um, I do want to mention Irene Aldana versus Coral Ooh. Rosa. I mean, that might be one of the greatest women's fights we. We've seen ever i mean just a phenomenal fight uh is going to get fight of the year considerations for us not saying it's going to win but it is mm -hmm. it did get added to the list that was a great fight have to mention cody no love garbrandt looked Oof. amazing here against brian kelleher kind of almost turning the clock yeah. back a little here uh from cody i saw he wants davis and figueredo next it's Cody Garbrandt. Give it to him. Like, I don't even care. I, like, whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. coming off. He's 2-0. Oh. He's on yeah. won his last two. I know he's in that rough patch. Davison may be a bit too, but why not take a risk on it, right? He's, mm -hmm. he's, Davison's still a flyweight. He has got his one bantamweight win. It was impressive. We talked yeah. about it, but why not? Like, why not? It'd be a good win for Davison, too. Um, I can't remember who I said last week I'd like to see Davison. Song Yudong. Yeah. Figure mm, it out. Yeah, we'll get I think it. I'd like to see that maybe. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah That's another that. announcement we have. Uh, Dana did last night. Casey O'Neill, Ruffalock, Tahir. Tajir Ulanbekov, what a win. Talk about, once again, um, mm -hmm. this flyweight division. Uh, Tajir. I get that striking defense up a little bit, but yeah. his, his grappling is scary. And then Andre. I love touchy-feely. What a knockout by Andre Feely. Uh, great, great last little card um, right there at the end of the year. I guess also... <laughs> We should bring up the uh, Sean Strickland, Drigas Duplacy brawl. That's another fight. Yeah, yeah. There was yeah. another fight we need to mention. Uh, got They got into this fight in the crowd, uh, which stupidly seated these two next to each other. I saw Dana took the rap for it mm -hmm. and was like, you know, what dumbass? Somebody, you know, asked who did that. And he's like, this dumbass here. Yeah. Like, I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, so kudos to Dana for taking credit for that there. But yeah, I mean. <laughs> I did find out that that wasn't Pantoja's kid. That it was Gilbert. Gilbert. Yeah. Him and his whole family were sitting. There. Yeah, I saw that too. Um, yeah, they've put out the whole video of the whole incident, uh, which I told you guys. It's always so funny when, like, you know, Dana gets up there and he's like, "We hate this stuff. We hate when guys get into altered. You guys think we like it, and it helps sells fight. And then now they're literally already cutting the promo and using it oh. to sell the fight. So, dude, the, even um, talking about the Colby or the yeah the Colby and Leon thing, when they ask him about it, instead of saying like before he even said, "I don't like guys doing that," he said, "You know what happened right after that? Our global." sales pre-buys for pay-per-view went up 25 percent. that's crazy yeah. ain't it and it's like oh you really do love this and then you yeah. had to kind of backpedal into but you know we don't don't go for family don't do this we tell these guys yeah. well here's the other question though like the fact that the sales went up what does that tell you the people people were definitely excited to see it but i'm just saying that's why you're never gonna i mean he's gonna say you guys think i like this but he's never gonna say i'm gonna start finding guys for saying certain things do you guys he'll do, never be that way do you guys like it no 
I I thought what Colby said about his dad. Like, no, no, no. I'm, I sorry. I'm oh. not talking. About, I'm not talking about the 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 remarks. More like the fighting piece outside of the. Cage. I love it. I'm. I mean, if somebody gets in fight in a public, like what happens? Everybody stops and stares. Like you mm-hmm. love it. We love it mm-hmm. as human beings. That's why we well, like fighting. What? Fogo. I don't oh yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everybody. Oh, that's, that's that's what happens, right? I mean, it's just it's kind of ingrained in us to see. It. I don't mind it. Now, I mean, Sean Strickland, ever the gentleman, getting the kids out of the way. I mean, he's just a top American, right? Yeah. Um, but that's the only thing that kind of concerns me is like when it happens publicly. Like, I think it's one thing if it happens deep in the bowels of the arena, backstage, where you know mm. it's just pretty much fighters and teams. Um, but when it's happening publicly, um, you know, because like even the, we're we're all laughing about the Fogo thing, but even being in an experience, it, it can get dicey when you know civilians, pedet- like fans, yeah. could get mixed up. Yeah, maybe there's 13 people involved and like all at one person. That's a little yeah. different. Yeah, well, but and- I'm just saying like there, but like when there's risk of other people getting drug yeah. into it who didn't ask for yeah. it, that's the only thing where I'm like, uh, like, you know, like we talked about the hotel thing with uh, Sarukian and Bobby mm-hmm. Green. It's like, dude, there's like hotel guests. Like imagine being on vacation. Like I'm not a dad, but like imagine if you were there with your family and these two jack and you don't even know what the UFC is. Maybe you're just at this hotel and you don't even so you don't know who these guys mm-hmm. are even and these two dillwads are in here fighting when their teams are coming to get like that's scary man like yeah you know so that that's that's when i think the ufc should step in like dude if it's public like that in a public setting and you're here on our dime mm-hmm. absolutely not like that you're finding your purse or whatever mm-hmm. see I, I don't like it in the sense that you could have like sean trickling could have blew his acl trying to jump over that thing and now we don't have the title fight mm-hmm. I, I would much rather see these guys fight for five rounds than scuffle for 30 seconds and then get broke up like i think you're kind of ri- i don't i don't mind like the going through the hotel room and your teams are yelling at each other maybe from a distance but it's a safe distance where nothing happens but i think when you start risking these fights i mean obviously the civilian side too but you know you get hurt or something you know you're just kind of doing it you're wasting a, a potential to not only make money for the company but for yourselves and then now we don't get a fight because something happened so absolutely uh that is ufc 296 do you guys hear something do you guys hear that we gotta get to scores maybe that's what it is you gotta copyright 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 we gotta update you guys on our scores brandon start with third who lost this year uh well interestingly enough uh john and brandon tied at 98 points oh that's just sad uh but who won this year nate let him know brandon (laughs) there could only be one two is that two in a row that's two in a row oh feel it baby feel it baby i there is no we it's i i Whew. gotta love it I just risked the whole episode right there. It might get taken yeah, down. Yeah, no, Nobody that's why I was trying to say copyright. Copyright infringements made just got hit. I don't even care. Is it care. worth it? Oh, it's amazing because <laughs> I, I will have that forever. Yeah. Um, I mean, credit to me, man. What do you say? Um, I want to, I just take this time to think absolutely nobody. Um, you know what? I will, you know, um, let's start, let's look like, let's sum up John's year. Uh, you know, John, much like Colby, Brandon, Roy Val, you were there in the end. Um, and that, mm-hmm. and that's important, man. Just, it was dominant. You got dogged, but you were there in the end. Credit to you. <laughs> um, you're welcome as well. I also gave both of you guys a bit of a bone here at the end of the year, letting more points. I tried, I tried to pull you guys out. But then you the made depths. the same picks. No, I didn't. I mean, I was the only yeah, one that did. picked, this, I was this, the only one that picked, uh, Ian Machado Gary. But that didn't happen. I can't help that. Um, I, 
I went I off. Differed, I went off with I, Colby. I differed, Colby. Um, you weren't even a factor. So the fact I split, I tied Brandon, the second place. I know, but I'm saying for me, you were never a factor. So the I fact knew, I split, I knew you were gonna pick Leon. Right, but I could have so just I, went Colby if I wanted to. I picked last, so I could have went Colby. Yeah. Um, but, and then Brandon, I will thank you, uh, for me. You know, you challenged me. I got a bit too comfortable. I think there at the end of the <laughs> year, at one point, I had like a 20 point lead. I yeah. think over you. Yeah. Um, like I was like 45 points ahead of John. Literally, just start giving you guys points. Like, hey, we'll make this three. Just trying to make it interesting i got close. Um, i got up to three i was three away yeah so. so thank you you know you brought the best back out of me i think i got a bit complacent there towards the end of the year um and then this you know this last week it forced me back in my bag called shop caught all three points there for the record in the notes on the episode i said it i called leon by decision john picked first so i couldn't take it but you know let the record show did pick leon by decision as well um so yeah i mean it really brought the best out of me so i will thank you for the challenge there at the end of the year brandon making yeah. it interesting usually your only challenge yes yeah, yes that's fair that. enough john you were there good job yeah whatever i mean <laughs> judge <laughs> i don't i mean do we bring up the gift so brandon got john a gift last time yeah at least you should have brought it today but yeah, yeah john yeah. brandon bought john a lucky eight ball um, mm-hmm. And I hope that brings you good fortune. In well, the here's year, the thing: I'm, I'm going on the record right now. All next year, I'm actually just going to use it for all my picks. I mean, it's not going it probably might actually it help. Might do pretty well. But, well, here's the thing: you can say that, but I came up from a huge gap to get back up to 98 to yeah, tie yeah, for yeah, second yeah. place. Yeah, yeah. At one point, I was down by a lot of points, so I had some really good weeks. So okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, but again, I like made a lot of those three pointers that should have been one. I think one week we literally picked a fight night. The Austin, I was like, all these we'll pick for and they'll all be three point. I was like trying. I also think that's a difference in mindset, dude. Like you're over here talking about bringing it back to get second <laughs> place. Second. I just built back up. I could have won last night if yeah. we would have had that extra fight. Yeah. Maybe you never yeah. know. I mean, good for you. Yeah, you you came back. And here's the thing. You started with tying me for Jeopardy at the beginning of the year and now you tied me with the picks. So doesn't look great for you. Ooh, I've never, I've that's never. A good one. Just saying. Here's the thing, man. What I, is up with? And that? you got pressured into it the first time, and then now you yeah. kind of lost it a little bit. It comes full circle. And I came back. So. That's interesting. I, I think it just speaks to you, man, because like I've never been last ever. Mm. I've gotten second every year. You could say like, yeah, you're second, but I'm consistent. See, now you're leaning on, oh, I'm second place. I'm second place. Look at you're me. The, I'm just saying, like I'm, I'm second place, Brandon. I'm just saying, I'm consistent. You get last a lot, and sometimes. Have you, have you ever won the picks? What the oh for the fights? Yeah, no. Oh dang, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, John, John, I will say for you, the Lord says the last shall be first. So, I'm not last. I'm second. So it works out. <laughs> I, I feel you. It's the last though. No. I mean, yeah. here, here's the thing. I will like say the scores were tied, but John, like if you're reflective as a whole of the year. I mean, that was a pretty poor showing this no, year. No, I just can't be the second half, dude. I mean, because I was just throwing points at you. Trying no, to, dude. So like, dude, you were like 40 points back from right. me. Right. Second half, I started coming back, dude. I'm a second did half he, guy. Did he join it this year? I did. Yeah, a couple yes. times. No, you did. Yeah, I did. I did. But he got first, so yeah. it doesn't like doesn't really he matter. He did a couple times, but like, I no, remember. No, not a couple times. I remember, I remember there was like two or, like, earlier in the year, I remember we, John would be making his picks, and me and Brandon would just be like looking at each other. like, is he serious? <laughs> like, did he watch anything? Like, does he know Fight like we were just like licking our chops. Like John is so off the mark here. Um, it wasn't even fun. I told you I'm a second half guy, man. Uh, and I and even Brandon. I mean, credit to you, man, for just trying something with John, getting him the lucky eight ball. Yeah, I really hope I'm trying to give him something. I hope it helps him in this new year. Mm-hmm. Really, maybe you should um, use it to get past second place. But one time. But very interesting. You guys start the year tying and in the year tying. I love it, John. Let's get to the news. Going on the news. Mm. Going on the news. Mm-hmm. If you don't like it, Brandon will punch you and give you a bruise. And for the last time. I might update that after the news and put a 
in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And for the last time in 2023, uh, the news, Dana White has been on a mission of loading up UFC 298 and 299 with all the fights that we thought were going to be on UFC 300. And this week, he keeps on adding to that trend. Uh, UFC 298 will be headlined by Ilian Volk. Um, last week, they added Marab and Cejudo. This week, they add Tai Tuavasa and Marcin Tibera. It also added a huge women's strawweight fight between uh, Amanda Limoges and Tatiana Suarez. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we move to UFC 299, which seems to be getting a lot of the fighters that we predicted. Um, Saturday, Saturday night, Dana gave a huge boost to that, announcing in the post-fight that they are signing Michael Venom Page. And not only Ooh. are they signing him, but he also has a fight announced. He'll be facing Kevin Holland at UFC 299 in Ooh. Miami. Uh, huge. And Love not that. only that, you know, as we talk about what could happen for Leon in the future, yeah. and we talk about London, and oh, we talk yeah, about yeah. Michael Venom Page, like... Hey, man. Talk yeah. about Shavkat needs a contend. I mean, hey, if MVP goes out there and say he starches Kevin Holland, mm-hmm. I mean, who says no to MVP versus Shavkat Rahmanov? Yeah, this is a, a huge injection for that division. Um, and not only – so we got to that. He also announced that Song Yadong will be facing Peter Yan, Gilbert Burns will be facing Jack Della Maddalena, and Ian Gary will be facing Jeff Neal, yeah. which I thought was interesting. I figured they would just run back to Luke because Luke wasn't hurt. Yeah, that's interesting. So I wonder what they're going to do with Luke. Maybe you give Luke Shavkat. Yeah. That, did, I mean, they, did they fight? Why am I tripping? No, they haven't fought yet. So maybe. Um, so it'll be interesting, like you said, to see what they do with Brandon Luque. not a fan. I don't like that. I just don't like that. <laughs> Brandon not a fan. Um, earlier last week, they also announced that Jelton Almeida will be rebooked to face Curtis Blades at 299. Makes sense. Uh, Matthias Gamrot will be facing RDA at 299. And then lastly, uh, Lauren Murphy will be facing Karini Silva at yeah. 299. So 299. Um, I, 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 like, I would be very shocked if Colby doesn't get out because it's in Miami. Yeah. So I would be very shocked. I bet Colby factors into that card as well yeah and it makes you think like I mean, who's left for 300 at this dude point? And, he, and he even like doubled down next like th- this uh last night in his presser mm-hmm. dana white did and was like you guys are gonna like lose your minds over 300 are they bringing brock back like, what are we, do- like, what break, are we doing yeah, he's like you guys are you guys just have no idea you're gonna lose your minds and i'm sitting here like who's le- i mean i mean i i still think connor chandler obviously yeah. i still think Max I and still Gaethje, think Max uh, some, Gaethje, them in at all. They're gonna factor in. Aljo probably factors in. Like I think uh, Usman or and or Whitaker probably factors in. Obviously, you know Jacob's been big. He's said the whole time he thinks Bo Nickel factors mm-hmm. into three hundred. Mm-hmm. I agree with that probably to some extent. Um, yeah, I mean it's and he and even even he was quoted midweek saying like, dude. You guys are just like, from the first fight on, you're going to be like, this is the first fight on the prelims? What? Yeah. Like, so I'm just like, I'm like we're sitting here like, they just keep announcing. Yeah, so. Are you excited? Are you excited? Does, like, do like, you buy it? Or dude, you just I like, mean, I have to. I have no choice. Yeah, I mean, I'm on edge a little bit. Like, we got to see what happens. because Well, it's just like, do they have something up their sleeve? You know, Jacob, again, even said like, like you do you think like Logan Paul like maybe makes a UFC fight? And I'm like, no, there's no way. But I'm like, I mean, at this point, I'm not saying that would like knock my socks off, but it's like, maybe it's something along those lines. I don't dude, know. Dude, maybe they booked that 6-9. Uh, the dude they just signed. <laughs> like, I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't especially know. for, like I said, a lot of these fights, they, the 299 seems like it should have been 300 mm-hmm. um, be. with the fighters that they added to it. Um, last little bit, Jake Paul won in the first round against Andre August by first round uh, uppercut knockout. It was a really nasty uppercut knockout. Yeah. Waved at the camera, but it, it just felt like some of these other ones have felt. My only thing, man, is like when you look at that guy. So actually, me and Jacob were playing Call of Duty when he knocked him out, and we started like peeling back. So then you look at this August guy's record, right? And he was like seven and one, mm-hmm. but like most of his wins were like 
got one guy he beat was like six and 15. One guy he beat was like seven and eight. Like, and mm-hmm. then, um, and then like we looked even at his one loss, right? And that guy that he lost to was like had a winning record, but he beat a guy that was like oh and eight. Like, it, yeah. it's just like, I mean, credit to Jake for taking, and, and even Jacob brought this point up is like, this is typically what boxers at this level these are the fights they take anyways Mm -hmm. so i totally get why he took a fight like this like he wants to be a pro boxer he's trying to fight boxers so i'm not gonna slag him for that but it's like also like it's not i mean there's a reason you know i guess maybe credit more to these ufc guys that have stepped in because they've made more of a fight of it than this pro boxer who seven and one did right Right. well and there's also the side of like yeah boxers usually do this but they're not main events yeah and that's where i think the optic side gets a little bit tough because it's like we're watching them kind of fight face guys it's like this would have been the second fight on a pro box i didn't even know he was fighting i knew about karate combat Mm -hmm. more than i knew about jake paul fighting so yeah and i think like the main event was like ksi sparring with that speed dude like it was just a weird card overall um speaking of combat or karate combat uh friday night former ufc fighter smiling sam alvey won the heavyweight title um over there 85 champion Mm -hmm. but it was at lightweight so light heavyweight so maybe they just don't have as many divisions so they kind of mix that together but great performance by him i think he's kind of found a new home with this um with this format calling out darren till afterwards i thought was pretty fun i think that that's something that people would be interested in seeing and then in the main event anthony pettis defeating benson henderson um funny enough earlier in the night raymond daniels calling out for the winner of that so that could be something interesting um be interesting to see if Pettis stays here or tries to go back yeah. pfl where there's obviously a little bit more opportunity now afterwards that he would Basically, he just wants like a super fight pretty much mm-hmm. at this point. So, and it sounds like it'll be through PFL. Right. And then lastly, uh, Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder have agreed to fight in March in Saudi Arabia. Obviously, this will be after their fights in, de- in December. <laughs> this whole booking fights while you have a fight booked in boxing is just getting yeah. so out of hand, dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just so crazy. I mean, because now you're basically saying like you're fighting a can. And yeah. I know I'm going to win this fight, which, like, I guess it's one thing as a fighter to be like, I know I'm going to win. But, like... Well, we just seen it not look too great yeah. for Tyson Fury, so... It just, it's just such a joke for the sport, I think, in my opinion. I, I would hate it if the UFC ever got to this format where they're mm-hmm. booking fights when guys already have fights booked, which I guess you could argue, like, well, Jim Miller. But they haven't officially booked him for 300 or anything. Right. You know, they're just... Dana just said... Yeah, I want to try to get him on it, you know, but it's not like they're saying Jim Miller versus Paul Felder is a go, you yeah. know what I mean? So, um, you brought up a good 300. I'm sorry you didn't mention it there. Nate Diaz coming back yeah. for UFC 300. I, I don't hate that idea. Yeah, he was there at uh, Combat Karate, said he wants to be booked by February, and I also seen him tweeted after the main event, I'm coming back type of thing, or I'm coming back losers or something yeah, like so, that. Yeah, so like I could see Nate Diaz, that would be big for 300, and hey, man, I'll tell you what, you could put Nate Diaz in there with Jim Miller and or Paul Felder, and that'd be a fun fight. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd watch that. I'd be I'd be excited for that. I think. Yeah, cool. I think, I mean, people are going to show up for Nate Diaz regardless at this point. So. so of the week boys last ones for me really fighting the urge to go queen we are the champions but again there was no we it was all me uh so let's go i don't know i'll leave it to you guys i'm having a tough decide do i go into my uk drill bag for Mm. leon or do i keep it festive and go my favorite christmas song Mm, I would vote UK Drill. Yeah, I'm cool with the UK Drill. Okay, let's go Trojan Horse by Dave in Central C. Mm, Dave is so dope, dude. I, Central C is like next Did level, you see dude. that, or did you hear that Dave and Jack Harlow song, Stop Giving yeah. Me Advice? I thought yeah. that was a pretty good one. For the record, the Christmas song would have been Feliz Navidad. Mm, yeah, <laughs> just, that was it last year. Just I mean, a banger, I mean, dude. <laughs> I want to lose you. I mean, is there... A, 
And there's not that's one of the ones that don't have a lot of covers. Like a lot of people aren't trying that because yeah. it's so good. It's just, it is the original is so good. You know, Mariah Carey, all I want for Christmas is up there. In sync's up there. The um, happy, uh, happy, Merry Christmas, yeah, happy, happy holidays, holidays is up yeah. there. Um, but yeah, Feliz Navidad is probably my favorite Christmas song. What's yours, Brandon? My favorite Christmas song? Yeah. I don't know if I have a, a favorite. I like a few different ones. Uh, Nat King Cole's, like I like most, Ooh. a lot of his stuff. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if I have like a number one. What you got? I like uh, This Christmas, the Donny Hathaway version. Ooh, yeah. Not the Chris Brown? No, not the Chris Brown. Donny I like ha- the Chris Brown. I do like it, yeah. but Donny Hathaway, I think he did his thing. And then I was telling you, I was listening to uh, The Temptation, Silent Night. Yeah. And then Boys, Boys and Men. Men have a lot. Yeah. They, <laughs> yeah. Their, Christmas their Christmas album goes crazy. One for the people, Brandon, for the last time. What do you got for the people? Um, I, I want to pr- propose something. for this is, a, this is the third time we've been through this season with the picks and the points. And <laughs> I want, I want like, a tangible... Oh, Brandon wants to win. Tr- like, I, what I want is, like, I want something to, to win. Like I, I agree. I, we need a, a trophy, a, a medal. What if we do a belt? Maybe like, we'll, like... So I was looking last year when I knew I was going to win. Um, I was looking for a belt. And they're actually not that expensive, so maybe we just do we, like a belt. We need some because, like, I think about like, okay, like if I even if I win, like, all right, I get to sing, I beat you, I, but I want to, I want something to show for mm. it. Like, I want something I get to take with me to and from every episode, maybe like a falcon to recognize, like, like Shavkat style. Yeah, and like we can move it like every, all right every time, nice. but like something and like I, I know this is the, again, we're still kind of working on the the layout here, but like. With the camera, and yeah. once I get my mic, I want like, yeah, I want just stuff behind. Like, my we can stuff. we can work that out. I was actually just telling John because I'm off this week, so this room is a priority for me. Like, trying to see if I can figure out a way to make it a little bit more pod friendly. Maybe get like <laughs> a Habib fathead for behind Brandon, uh, yeah, yeah, over his shoulder. Yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll see what we can do. I've I've, I've tried to kick some ideas around, but, but I would just say like, yeah, I want to before by our next. By our next episode, have something in the I works agree. for like the for the winner. I agree, hundred percent. The girl mentioned a check. <laughs> <laughs> Grinch reference. <laughs> uh, what you got, John? I just want to uh, thank everybody for um, you know tuning in. Obviously, uh, interacting on our social media stuff. It's done a lot for us. We've had some really good videos pop off for us on clips. Um, wish everybody a merry Christmas and a happy new year. Yeah, again, yeah, that's good. I, same thing. Nice. Just also, happy. I might. Um, might start doing some merchandise and do some KOB eight balls. We'll see what's going on. Magic eight balls. We'll see what's going on. I'm just going to look into it. Like Lean little, into it. Like, yeah. like Put, one says, go lonely heart. Uh, dude, if I could do it custom. The other one says, Izzy by a thousand. The other one, like the other thing. Jose be, Aldo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One just says Jose just Aldo. his face. Or go back to the 20% on the, how faith, how much faith you got into him. But yeah. I think that'd be kind of funny. I yeah. Thought about I, that. I, I like that idea. Yeah. I'll echo that. Just thank everybody for another amazing year. Uh, We will be back at the top of 2024, stronger than ever, better than ever, ready to try some new things. We've got some new stuff, Mm -hmm. new ideas on the line. Uh, Remember, next upload, no no upload next week. Next time you'll hear from us will be June. Holy cow. I am so glad this is the last episode of this year. January 2nd, Tuesday, January 2nd will be our next episode. Until then, happy holidays, happy new year. We'll see you guys in 2024, and let's freaking party. Yeah. Peace. Peace.